You're listening to the SSPX Podcast, and on today's Apostolate Focus, another bonus episode, we're speaking with Mr. Mike Bonchbach, who runs a prison ministry out of Midland, Texas. So Aaron came, kept coming to our Monday classes. A few months later, he wants to be baptized. Two, three months goes by, and guess who is serving the Latin Mass at the Smith Unit, Aaron. Mike's work and the efforts of Father Katzroff, as well as the faithful at St. Michael the Archangel Chapel, have provided some really awe-inspiring stories, as you'll hear in the next 30 minutes or so. And far from being forgotten, these inmates are receiving the faith and the sacraments, not to mention love and support, many for the first time in their lives. Father Katzroff made a, made a great analogy. The Holy Souls in Purgatory, you have a lot in common with him because many people forget the Holy Souls in Purgatory, just like you're forgotten. Nobody does anything for them, just like nobody does anything for you. And we look at our own situation, we have the freedoms that we do in this country, and then we think of those souls in purgatory and the men in prison that can't do anything for themselves, but we can. I mean, again, it would be ungrateful for all the gifts that we've received to do nothing. In the show notes on your podcast app or program, we've listed the contact info for Mike and how to support the prison ministry. And please make sure you check that out. He's not asking only for money. If you have extra books or holy cards in your house, they could be of great use to people who want to learn more about the faith, but they're literally stuck. So enough of me, let's turn to our conversation with Mike. Well, welcome to the SSPX podcast, and we are speaking today with another guest uh, and continuing our small series, and we will see how far it goes with uh, interviewing different people who are doing different unique apostolates throughout the U.S. District and throughout the English-speaking world of the Society of St. Pius X. Very happy to have on the line today, uh, Mr. Michael Bonschbach. Hello, Mike. How are you today? Doing very well. Thank you, Andrew, for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for, uh, for taking the time to, to chat with us. And uh, we're talking with you today uh, to talk about the prison ministry that, that you are helping with. So could you give us a little bit of background uh, before we talk about that, where you're located and, and kind of what chapel you attend and, and all that good stuff? Sure. I'm in Midland, Texas, which is about halfway between El Paso and the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And we have St. Michael the Archangel uh, Chapel here in Midland. <clears throat> it's uh, a mission of the Society of St. Pius X, served uh, very faithfully by Father Katzroff. <clears throat> who's located in uh, a Jesus and Mary Chapel in uh, El Paso. Fantastic. So you are, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here in Phoenix and you're in the deserts of Texas. So we're, we're both in the in areas that don't get a lot of rain all the time. <laughs> that is correct. We're about half our rainfall this year and it uh, certainly shows. So. Yeah. Just, I guess we'll just start from the very beginning. What is the apostolate that, that you are doing? I, I reached out to a couple of people at the district office and said, who should I be speaking with who's doing something something interesting or unique that more people should know about? And Mr. Vogel, who's our communications director, immediately brought up your name and said, talk to Mike. So why should we be talking to you? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> The, uh, the the prison apostolate is certainly not something that I've um, ever envisioned being involved in. And uh, kind of the short and sweet of what it really involves is uh, going to various prisons, at least for me, in West Texas, in, in person, and then responding to uh, requests for good Catholic literature via mail that we mail out to virtually every prison in Texas. 
Wow. Uh, so we interact with people, uh, one, you know, one-on-one or in groups uh, in person um, in several different uh, West Texas prisons and then reached, oh, hundreds and probably thousands via mail. Um, I've been doing this for about 12 years. So I keep a big spreadsheet of of everybody that we've mailed stuff to. I'd have to see if, if that thousands is an accurate number, but we generally mail out about 50 packages of books a month. And wow. I've been doing that for, for many years. So whatever the math adds up to on that one. So you, you are primarily focused on uh, sending things via the mail, good literature, good books, promoting the Catholic faith that way. But you're also visiting prisons in, in your local area uh, in person. Yes. And of course, we can't visit every prison in person. That would be uh, a, a great thing to do um, because these men in prison are so poorly catechized, even even more poorly than your average Catholic out there, that uh, you can accomplish so much in a one hour, one hour or two hours in person with them that it would take a while, you know, via books. Nothing against books. They have to, we, ha- we need those. They're sure. there when we're not. But, you know, a lot of these guys aren't tremendously well educated. Right. And, you know, that one-on-one interaction is, is really impossible to, to duplicate. I know you said at the get-go that you didn't really envision doing this prison apostolate, but there must have been something that got you started with it. It's it's a labor of love for you, I'm I'm sure. So how did you get started doing this? Uh, that's a, that's a great question um, as well. Uh, in May of 2008, I picked up the mail at the chapel, and there was a letter from a young man in Lamisa, Texas, <clears throat> which is about an hour drive north of Midland. And he time was incarcerated uh, at the Preston Smith unit. Somehow he had gotten St. Michael's address. Uh, we may have had some sort of ad in the newspaper, and maybe he picked up a newspaper at the prison and, and saw it. But he made this request for traditional Catholicism, you know, the Latin mass and that type of thing. And I was had absolutely no intention of ever getting involved in the prison apostolate. It never came up. In fact, I, I interiorly chided another Catholic here in Midland, a Novus Ordo Catholic who, who was involved in the pro-life effort. I, I have headed up pro-life efforts in, in Midland for a while. And this particular man would would, he was a deacon. He would he would show up when the bishop showed up, and otherwise you wouldn't see him. And I knew he was involved in the, the prison apostolate, so interiorly, I kind of made fun of the prison apostolate because of this particular person, mm-hmm. as he seemed to be a bit of a, you know, uh, when, you know, it's non-existent when we had pro-life activities, except when the bishop was there. <laughs> right, right. So, th- this became my penance for having that <laughs> uncharitable <laughs> thought towards him, uh, that I would receive this letter, and read it and then respond to it by actually going up to to Lamisa and meeting with this uh, young man one on one and that's that's how it all started. Wow, that's fantastic. And and once you once you start with doing something like that, it, it's hard to not keep going, especially when it comes to, to doing an apostolate like this, I guess. Well, that's correct. I mean how many of us have wished for and maybe not seriously, but wished for uh, the 
the uh, proverbial uh, postcard from God telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, everybody struggles with, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? Um, what does God really want of me? Um, that type of thing. And we, we wish we would get a letter or a postcard that, that laid it out. And not that I was asking for that, but that's what came. Yeah. And for, for me to simply pitch that letter in the trash and do nothing you know, would have been the uh, certainly the height of ingratitude from me for everything that I've received in my life. So I responded to that. Uh, you know, met this young man in, in uh, actually on July fourth of two thousand and eight. Huh. Interestingly enough, you know, went through the, the the training to become an approved volunteer, and then started uh, going into the Preston Smith unit there in La Mesa in. Uh, November of 2008. Well, and 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 not everyone would have had the had the grace or the uh, uh, the fortitude, I guess, to uh, to do something about that letter. So uh, good for you for for doing that. Uh, I, I want to ask. You said that you go in and, and chat with these inmates one on one, and and again, uh, we'll get back to the uh, mail order. I guess I'll call it the uh, uh, correspondence uh, part of the ministry that you do. But I'd like to focus on the the one on one interactions you have with some of these inmates. You must just have uh, probably a hundred hours of stories that you could tell, and we don't have a hundred hours. What kind of response do you receive from these inmates? Do you? Let me, I guess, actually go back a little bit. Do you only correspond or start talking with people who have requested to talk with you, or do you, or do you go in and and just kind of start chatting with anyone who's interested? And then, what's that response like? Sure. And it's actually a more um, formal than than that. Not overly formal, but it's more formal than that. We have. At the Smith unit, um, every, uh, every other Monday uh, from you know 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. is our uh, is, is our slot. Now, granted, with this virus situation, I've not been in the prisons in person since March. So, but so otherwise, you know, I would be going to the Smith unit on the first and third Mondays uh, at starting at five o'clock, and sometimes we go till maybe eight or eight thirty. I will have prepared um, loosely. We'll, we'll call it a presentation. Uh, normally, I'll talk about the epistle and the gospel from the from the preceding Sunday and start with that. Uh, I'll supplement that with you know, talks by, say, Fulton Sheen. Uh, so it'll be a combination of me, you know, um, expounding on, you know, sacred scripture with the use of, uh, you know, books like scripture commentaries like Cornelius Elapidae uh, as, as a basis. Sure. Um and to to instruct them in in the Catholic faith, uh, and then you know play an audio recording, so it's just not me. You know they're listening to, you know Christ the King, Lord of History. We started that uh, audio recording uh, here a while back before we got shut down with the virus. So uh, we play a you know a, an episode of Christ the King, Lord of History, and if we had any you know discussion around that. So mm-hmm. normally it's two uh, you know two to two and a half hours. With a group anywhere from ten to fifty or sixty, and then fielding lots of questions, of course. And are these are these? And is it a male only prison? I, I was going to say these these men, these gentlemen. Yes. Uh, okay. So the prisons that we interact with are, are male only. Uh, we have mailed a few things out to uh, a women's prison, but almost, it's almost exclusively men. Okay. So are these men? Do you? And I hate to assume that they wouldn't be interested, uh, but. <laughs> I, I guess I guess I'm going to. Uh, are they coming to these conversations, these talks, these presentations that you're giving because they just want something to do, and that's kind of their free time, or are they coming because they're interested? 
And are you able to harness, even if it is the former, where they're just coming because eh, there's really nothing else to do in prison, are, are you able to harness that and kind of turn that around into something a little more substantial? You've got a great perception of, uh, <laughs> of the uh, situation within the, within the prison to ask that question because you're right on both accounts. There are men that are serious about their faith. I mean, you know, Many of these men have effectively lost everything. Family has disowned them. They don't have no. They have no possessions. Uh, they owe money. They they get no visitors, and some of them get no letters. So they have nothing, and they're finally, you know, coming to grips with that. And and what's left? Well, God is is always there, and so they reach out for that, and they and they start to take the Catholic faith seriously. There are others that, because the gym is air-conditioned and maybe their cell is not, uh, they come to, to class so they can come into the air-conditioned gym instead of sure. staying in their cell. Sure. Uh, and there's other some other nefarious things that, that happen, which we won't go into, but right. um, for reasons for getting out of their cell. So it's a mix. And the class grows because those that are serious uh, encourage those that are maybe lukewarm because religion is a very hot topic in prison. Oh. It's it's a biggie. And so it's uh, uh, much discussed. And so there's plenty of opportunity for evangelism within those prison walls. Wow, that's fascinating. Uh, you mentioned that you are, due to your location and the SSPX wishes they could have a chapel in every place where there was one, um, but you attend a, a mission chapel and it's serviced by El Paso. Uh, Father Katzroff is doing uh, fantastic work, but probably can't devote a ton of time to visiting the prisons along with you. Are there ever opportunities for any of the priests to come and uh, give the sacraments, give Eucharist uh, to any of these prisons? Yes, and Father Katzroff, who uh, goes well above and beyond his his priestly obligations, uh, so he travels to Midland once a month. He'll say mass for us on uh, in Midland Friday evening and then Saturday morning, and then after mass on Saturday morning we go to the Smith unit for confessions uh, and, and mass. Oh wow. Um, and that that has yielded great fruit. We we probably get anywhere from sixty to a hundred attending the mass. Uh, now some of them are out of curiosity, sure. but he'll sure. he'll hear confessions probably thirty to you know thirty to thirty five confessions, which take you know an hour hour and twenty minutes. Um, so during that time, you know, I'm, I'm answering questions or, or expanding on sacred scripture, the gospel and the epistle for a nearby Sunday, uh, that type of thing during the time when he is hearing confessions. And then we say the mass, uh, Father Katzroff says the mass and one of the offenders is the, is the acolyte, the server for That's the mass. Beautiful. Uh, and then if he has time, he'll, he'll, uh, you know, bless religious articles and give some instruction afterwards. So there's many times, you know, we could be there for three, three and a half hours, you know, it's jam, jam packed. Uh, and then he, we need to get back to Midland cause he needs to get on a plane, fly back to El Paso. So he uses every available minute. Well, that's, that's wonderful. It's, um, it's great that he's doing that. And it's great that you're coordinating all that for him. Getting back to the, uh, to the correspondence part of things, um, the sending out the religious items or the, the literature, um, are you working with Angelus Press on that? Are you needing to purchase those things? Does the prison purchase them? Do the inmates purchase them? How do you, and, and towards the end, we always ask, how can people support uh, your apostolate? So we'll get there. But how does that all work? Because this all costs money and Angelus Press can't just give away things or <laughs> well 
they don't, uh, and I, and I don't expect Angeles Press to uh, to do that. Um, sure. Uh, but they do give us a good discount, which I'm appreciative of. Okay. Um, so pretty much all the books uh, and calendars, ca- and calendars are a great evangelization tool. In fact, I just received wow. 100 calendars an hour ago from Angelus Press, and and we're, we're starting to get letters already here. Hey, I need my, my 2021 calendar. Send me my 2021 calendar. That's great. So they're, uh, they're great tools, uh, you know, good, holy religious pictures, uh, you know, religious instruction, you know, what's fasting, what's abstinence, that type of thing, all, all that included in the calendar. So, you know, for $7, Man, it's a great it's a great investment. So back to the you know yeah all this costs money. So everything pretty much everything we send out you know when it comes to books and and pamphlets and things like that we do buy. I fortunately uh, all the people that uh, are companies that that supply us with things are are cutting us a discount. So Angelus Press does. Uh, we buy the. The small confraternity books, uh, Imitation of Christ, Daily Bread, Way of Life, etc. The confraternity has um, damaged books, and they sell them to us at half price. Tan Books gives us great discounts on 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 books, and of course they have their five dollar book sales. So the, the church history and the sacraments and the mass and things like that. So uh, Bibles we get from uh, Baronius Press, and and they cut us a very healthy discount. There's a kind of a pocket size uh, Douay Reims that is in very high demand. You know, it's it's really funded by parishioners of St. Michael's. You know, fortunately, we've got the, the funds to be able to do that. We've probably invested, you know, probably more than $150,000 in, uh, in books and calendars and religious materials over the years. Wow. So it's it's not inexpensive. Right. Uh, but fortunately, we have the means to do it. We're, we're blessed for that. That's wonderful. I, I'd I'd love to. In, I could chat with you probably for two hours. At, now that we're getting into it, but there there must be a story or two or an event or two that that really sticks out in your mind as something that. And and I know you're not doing this for the pat on the on the back, Mike. But it is nice to get it every now and then, or to get the the reward uh, sometimes. But uh, is there a story that really kind of gave you the impetus to kind of keep going when you felt discouraged or when you feel discouraged in any given day? Do you look back on one event or one story or one inmate in particular that kind of gives you that strength to keep going. Could you share a story with us on that? Oh, sure. Uh, There's a young man, his name was Aaron, um, at at the Preston Smith unit. Uh, He was, uh, probably had no religion whatsoever. His his, um, childhood was fraught with abuse. And he was incarcerated at a young age, probably 15, 16 years old. And then he was in his late, probably 20s, early 30s. So his almost entire adult life had been uh, behind bars. And the main coordinator there at the Smith unit, an offender, um, you know, convinced Aaron to come to, to the class, to a Monday class. And Aaron said, you know what? I'll come, but there is just absolutely no way I'm going to become Catholic. And Frank said, hey, <laughs> great, that's fine. Your famous last word. I mean, you know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. um, so Aaron came. He, he's a bright young man. Uh, kept coming to our Monday classes. A few months later, he wants to be baptized. Wow. Father Katzroff baptizes him uh, there at in, in prison in the Smith unit. Then a couple months, two, three months go, goes by, and guess who is serving the Latin wow. Mass at the Smith unit? Aaron is, wow. is one of the servers. So here you go from somebody that uh, had no 
desire to discuss anything Catholic to now he was serving the Latin Mass in prison. So, you know, that's a uh, that's one of my favorite stories, of course. Yeah. That's uh, um, that, that's something that gives you that gives you goosebumps. I mean, and and God's God's providence is astounding. It is. It is, which I mean, which goes to show that really no case is hopeless. And of course as as Catholics, we should know that. We we know it intellectually. Right, because that's you know what our faith teaches us, but to see it in practice is is much different. What would you say, Mike, to to someone who says these guys they're in prison, they're they're awful people, they've done terrible things. Why are you why are you taking your time and and dealing with them? Father Kazarov made a made a great analogy some years back, and it was about this time of year, you know, November month of the Holy Souls, mm-hmm. and he said, you know what? The Holy Souls in Purgatory, you you have a lot in common with them because many people forget the Holy Souls in Purgatory, just like you're forgotten. Nobody does anything for them, just like nobody does anything for you. And you know, when we think of someone, either in Purgatory or here on Earth that's in prison, that really can effectively do nothing for themselves— and we look at our own situation. We have the freedoms that we do in this country. We can come and go pretty much as will at will. We're not under these restrictions. And then we think of those souls in purgatory and the men in prison, and that can't do anything for themselves, but we can. I mean, again, it would be we would be ungrateful for all the gifts that we've received personally yes. to to do nothing. I understand nobody, not everybody's going to be called to do what, what I'm doing or for the cats are is doing. I understand that. But but people can do do something. And if they take it to a greater level, that's, uh, you know, that would be appreciated. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, I, I keep thinking during our, during our conversation, something my, mo- my mom would always say, there but for the grace of God go I. And I know that's a very common saying. It's not just unique to my mother, but but truly there, but for the grace of God, go I. I mean, yes, people have been convicted, and these are people who have done some bad things and, and been convicted correctly, and justice is being served. But the church teaches redemption, and uh, and God bless you for, for helping these these gentlemen in their faith. Well, they're, they're searching for something. And, and we know, you know, like St. Augustine says, you know, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee, O Lord. I mean, we know that God is the only thing that can fill us. Um, and these guys, you know, they've tried a lot of other stuff as well as yeah. as we have too, yeah. uh, to fill that <laughs> to to fill that hole. And then they finally realize that, realize that that's the only thing that's going to fill it. And and uh, and they really become you know zealous for uh, you know for the truth and for the faith. Uh, I mean, there was there was young, one young man. He stole. Forty-four dollars, like five fives and nineteen ones. I mean, he told me this. Mm-hmm. Forty-four dollars from a Seven Eleven to buy drugs for his mother, of all people. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was put in prison um, for for that. It was unarmed. I'm, I'm not making any excuses for this young man at all. But a fairly minor thing, no, you know, no, no weapon involved, was continually denied parole wow. for this offense. Converted to Catholicism in prison, and and he said, if I didn't come to prison, I would have not 
found the Catholic faith. He finally did see parole, was released from the Smith unit, uh, went to Wichita Falls, started college classes, and uh, one morning uh, didn't wake up and mm. and, and passed away uh, there in Wichita Falls. So, yeah, I, I wow, I, I don't know what to say on on that uh, on that story, but just wow. Um, well, let's move to some, uh, some practical things uh, on the topic of helping or, or doing what you're doing. Uh, first I'll ask, um, what if someone who's listening to this in Oregon or California or Delaware is inspired and has some free time. And if anyone out there has free time, I'd love to know how they're doing it. Uh, but, and would like to do something like what you're doing, how would they do that? Is there a, is there a way to get involved or would you recommend that? people contact their local prison and see if they could uh, start something like this. I, I'm sure you don't have like a guidebook or here's a plan, you know, step one, two, three on how to, how to start a, a prison apostolate. But uh, do you have any advice? Sure. Sure. You could uh, say, for example, in Texas, I'll just use that because I know it. Uh, uh, the organization in Texas is the Texas department of criminal justice, TDCJ. And you could go. To, you would go to their website, and it has a specific uh, tab for volunteer opportunities. Um, and now that's not how I got started, but I became familiar with the website, of course, after getting involved. But and it's you know, it lists the various things that you, that you can do. Um, you know, Texas for the most part really encourages. Christian involvement in the prisons because they know that it has positive results and sure. it hopefully decreases recidivism and and it makes the correctional officer's job somewhat easier. So just from a temporal um, point of view, just from a purely practical yeah. point of view, they, they want this. Okay. Sure, sure. They do desire it to, to have volunteers come in and, and, and help out. Uh, so you can look on the website of your particular state and see you know, something similar to that, and then be prepared to be patient and, uh, and as you wind your way through the hierarchy of a uh, government institution. <laughs> sure. Uh, so just a forewarning on that. Sometimes it goes smoothly, and sometimes it might take a year or two to uh, yeah. to get in. And then on the topic of helping you specifically with what you're doing, if someone is listening to this and they want to help in some way, would you accept people sending you uh, books? Maybe there's uh, an old library that they have that they want to you know, pass along to some good use. Would Do you want that or do you not want to deal with uh, maybe a whole garage or living room full of products? Or can people donate directly to you? Sure. And Andrew, you're a great straight man. I mean, you're anticipating every uh, every need here. We've had quite a few people uh, do that very thing. Um, you know, their, their mother or their grandmother or somebody they knew had a library of traditional books. And for whatever reason, they didn't want them. We will gladly take them. Okay. Um, so, so people have sent uh, you know publications like you know the Angelus and Catholic Family News and you know old issues that they've already read. They send those. They send books, uh, holy cards. Holy cards are a big one. There's a lady in Georgia that mm. that is makes holy cards and and puts prayers on the back of them, and she sends those to us. Uh, so holy cards are in big demand. Um, I could give away. To, everything we have when it comes okay. to holy cards. Um, you know, any good, solid, traditional uh, Catholic book is is welcomed. Some of the men request somebody to write to correspond with. And that is, is something that uh, 
people could do. I mean, you can do it electronically. You don't have to handwrite out a letter. You can you can send them an email. If somebody wanted more information on how to do that, I'd be glad to give that to them. You have to be somewhat careful in corresponding and, and age appropriate person corresponding with an with an offender and, and you know keep some sure. distance there. But that that is a need also that somebody that didn't really have, you know, a lot of financial wherewithal but had some time could correspond with offenders and answer some of their questions. Wow. Well that's wonderful. We're not going to give out uh, your uh, phone number and email and, and address and all that stuff here while we're talking. Uh, but what we are going to do is post it on our website. So it'll be, uh, so if you're listening to this, maybe a year from now, it'll be at sspxpodcast.com. Uh, I'm sure you'll, you'd be happy to accept funds. Uh, but it's, it's good to hear that if people have some extra books and, and items that, that you can help put those to, to some good secondary use as well. We had a couple in, in with the society in New Jersey, you know, uh, send the Angeles a thousand dollars. And say, hey, um, you know, whatever Mike orders, you know, take it against this thousand dollars. So they oh, uh, that has worked out real well. And in fact, we we used the last of that to buy the the calendars that wow. we just got today. So Fantastic. so people can donate money, but you know, we all get hit up for money all the time. And do. so I I don't even make a big deal about that. I'd rather get you know books and holy cards and stuff like that. And and uh, I'll, I'll take money, but. I, uh, I'm not con- really concerned about that. Well, and, and I think also, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to encourage people listening to continue to pray for your apostolate as well to make sure that you still have success with it. Uh, and that who knows, maybe laws can change in the next year. And, and I'm kind of being doom and gloom about this. But, you know, maybe laws change and you're not allowed to go into prisons. You know, who knows? Our, our listeners and, and all of us should definitely pray for your continued success, that you're able to continue doing what you're doing. And I appreciate that. And I, that's one thing I've thought about because we've we've been shut out since March and really no end in sight. And again, that personal interaction, because uh, I go into three different prisons, one in La Mesa, one in Snyder, Texas, and one in um, Fort Stockton, Texas. And the, the personal interaction is, is <sighs> vital. Uh, again, the books are great. They've got great information. But for men that are not used to reading... For men that don't want to discipline themselves to read, mm-hmm. um, no excuses. But but having a, 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 a having an interaction, even in a group setting, is vital. And really, it may kind of sound silly, but part of the 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 reason to do that is because they need to see somebody that will follow up with what they said they would do. And yeah. and I, if I say I'm going to be here next Monday at five o'clock and I show up next Monday at five o'clock and I do that for 10 years, yeah. um, they know that somebody that there's somebody that will keep their word that is interested in them. And that is, again, not doing this for for money or anything like that, but but purely for their benefit. And and a lot of these guys that they haven't had anybody like that. I was just going to say for for the majority of these men. Even these young men, uh, you mentioned a young Aaron who was put in prison at 16, 15, 16. Uh, maybe they've never had anyone in their lives uh, who's, who's uh, kept their word to them before. And, and you can be that person, even for some of these younger men, maybe even be sort of a father figure thing. I mean, it's just uh, that's so vital for anyone, uh, both on the spiritual side and then also to be a successful human being when they, when they get out. Oh, exactly. Uh, and common factor. And it's got to be. 70, 80, 90% probably of these men really had, they've got a biological father, but they don't really have a real 
father that that was there for them and and uh you know i even had a guy my age and i'm early 60s he's my age and telling me i was a father figure to him and Hmm. and we're peers you know it's kind of a scary thought but uh (laughs) but again they need to see somebody that will follow through with what they say they will do and and it will will come absolutely well that's that's about the time we have for now, I just want to say thank you for uh, for the work that you're doing, for taking the time to chat with us, um, and we'll be praying for your continued success. And again, if you if you want to help uh, Mike and, and Father Katzer off with what they're doing, um, again, go to sspxpodcast.com, find this episode, and you can uh, find information there. Uh, Mike, you and I will chat a little bit afterwards and, and uh, figure out the best way for people to um, support, whether it's sending things or letters or money if, if people want to. This what you're doing is is truly important work, um, and it's wonderful that you're one of the few people who's not forgetting about these souls. Well, I, I appreciate that, uh, Andrew, and I maybe like to to leave it with a couple of thoughts here because um, we get a lot of letters, and I uh, excerpt certain passages from some of these letters. And here's here's one that kind of probably sums it up. And I'll quote from this letter we just got last month. Uh, The books St. Michael's has blessed all of us with through the years have enriched the lives of many. You truly do not understand uh, how St. Michael's is contributing here on the unit. One of the gifted books easily touches a hundred hands and hearts. Every year we easily welcome 10 to 20 brothers to the Catholic faith. That is much in part because of the Holy Ghost has stirred your hearts and and helping us grow by good literature. I cannot teach them how to be moral men without having the books to study and read. Uh, St. Michael's is moving mountains in Kennedy, Texas. Wow, those are great words. They are. Mr. Mike Bonschbach, thank you so much for the time and thanks for all you're doing. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Great, thank you very much for the opportunity, Andrew. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of the SSPX podcast. I know we ask this at the end of every episode, but please consider sharing this episode so that Mike's good work can continue. And if you have extra books or items that could be of use to his apostolate, please click on the show notes on this episode to find out how to contact him. Or you can find out more information on our website, sspxpodcast.com. Finally, if you know of someone at your chapel or in your community who's doing some interesting or unique apostolate, please let us know. We'd love to share more of these stories. Until next time, thank you for listening, and God bless you.